Welcome to Let's Face the Facts, the rewatch podcast for the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Join us each week as we synopsize, analyze, criticize, and ultimately idolize the show. And now, here's your host of Let's Face the Facts, the wonderful David Almeida! Okay, final betwixt episode before we get going with season eight. And I think this is probably the most amazing reason possible that we could delay our season eight premiere another week. Hi, Matthew. Hi, David. It is very late. We're too old for this shit. (laughs) You always say it's too early when it's two o'clock in the afternoon. And now it is 9.38. the Facts of Life and Different Strokes Live, just broadcast, ended at 9.30. It is eight minutes after the end credits have rolled. <laughs> you consider this, did, did you get an early bird special for dinner? <laughs> I already feel old enough from having watched what I just watched. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But anyhow, because we love you, our tens of listeners, we adore you so much, we are recording this now, and I am hellbent that we're going to record, and I'm going to edit this, slap it together, and get it posted before I go to bed tonight. And uh, you're going to be hearing this tomorrow morning. It's kind of amazing, uh, fast feedback loop. So it happened. We just we just watched on live network television mm-hmm. an episode of The Facts of Life and an episode of Different Strokes. How fucking surreal was that? uh surreal that's 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 a word for it and that surreal well just who would have ever imagined these shows would have the staying power that that they would revisit them i mean all in the family and you know the jeffersons and all those those are i feel like those are bigger name shows than i perceive these to be do you not hmm. agree no i mean I, no i don't think so at all i think mm-hmm. I think different strokes and facts of life are pretty, pretty much still in people's vernacular. Yeah. Well, different what, strokes what they... you can still watch on fucking um, Prime Video. All of those shows are available. Whether they want to sit down and listen to a line by line breakdown of every episode every week, 40 years later on a <laughs> podcast is completely different. Yeah. But, <laughs> and clearly the answer to that is no. <laughs> but uh, let's get to it. I mean, uh, overall, general thoughts. I loved it. I had genuine laughs. I didn't know the Different Strokes episode. I probably saw it the first go around, but I didn't really remember it. Uh, but the Facts of Life uh, was, well, let's do it. The Facts of Life was first. And they did season three, episode 20, as predicted uh, because of Jennifer Aniston holding that pink box in the publicity poster art. Uh, It was Kids Can Be Cruel, season three, episode 20. And then Different Strokes was the second. I wondered which would go first, but after reading the article you sent me today where um, Norman Lear said the initial idea all came from Jimmy Kimmel saying, I want to see Kevin Hart play Arnold. So clearly in their mind, Kevin Hart was the front and center star that they wanted to highlight. So therefore different strokes went last. And in that 
uh, they did season one. We knew Mrs. Garrett was going to be in it. Uh, season one, episode 16, called Willis's Privacy. So, yeah, I love, loved it. Do I think it was perfect? No. I have some notes. I know that shocks you. <laughs> but what was your overall? Like with all things, like reboots and shit, we've had this conversation a million times, and I don't want to yuck anybody's yum at all. <laughs> but I just, when it was over, I was like, eh. It happened. Mm -hmm. I, I think it was theatrically a mistake to put that different strokes episode on after Facts of Life. I think it, the evening would have flown, flowed better um, with the dramatics that happened in that episode by going with different strokes first and then Facts of Life. Yeah, I thought Facts of Life was a funnier episode. I would agree. Yeah, Different Strokes is not a strong episode for that show, but it is the episode with Super Arnold. And clearly they were like, okay, if Kevin Hart's going to do the character, he has to do the episode where Arnold is pretending to be a superhero. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a lackluster show in it it's we, we we don't even need to talk that much about the plot of the episode but it's it's the one where arnold and willis are fighting and willis is like i need some my own space and they divide the room in half and hang up a sheet and it's like uh tv tropes tv tropes yeah but yeah but you so okay did you did you not get any enjoyment out of this did you not find it interesting at least sure I, I know and I'm so upset with myself that I'm, I, I don't feel one way or the other about it. I, I, I wanted to, you know, I did. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, again, I just, it, I, my one note was it was interesting on the facts of life episode to see actresses who, who are good actresses <laughs> who, who had the experience of being in their forties yes, versus being I guess, teenagers. But, but I wrote down, um, Joe understood the assignment. Mm -hmm. I, I, I will say that about her. Sure. I think all the girls understood the assignment. Mm -hmm. um, and Dowd was uh, uh, <laughs> creepy. I, good, I think she was, she was. Oh, really? I think she was fine. But, I thought, I don't know if anybody ever told her that Mrs. Garrett was supposed to be ridiculous and over the top. Like, yeah. I mean, she played it so sincerely that I was like, well, there's fucking Meryl Street playing <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Garrett, I guess. Yeah. And her take on it, it was it was it was older. It's interesting because Ann Dowd is is older. She's 65. And, you know, Charlotte Ray had already left the show before she was 60. Um, but but she had a much more old lady type of a delivery to it, like a, a rounded. I think of when Carol Burnett used to do Shirley Temple and she would do a voice like this. And when I think of Mrs. Garrett, particularly in the early seasons and in different strokes when she's being sassy, I, I think of Charlotte Ray as kind of kind of really pushing the nasal thing. Oh, Arnold and girls. Uh. So it was just a different sound. And um, here's the thing. Uh, it was, if you're going to do these, uh, I, I, and again, this is, I'm torn. I have no 
strong emotions either way. Do I want them to camp it up? Yeah, do I, it's weird. Do, we want it to be like drag queens doing a, a real live stage version. Do I want it to be like the rerun show where they, because like I, I was like, they're missing the laugh on buying my box. The fact that they're all in their fifties, <laughs> like they're, why didn't anybody at the table be like, are we really not gonna hit yeah. buying my box? We're not gonna like wink, <laughs> n- wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're all in our fifties. You know, it's, it would be, but like, so. The, but I, that's I, the innocence of the show. I guess you're right. It's a, it's a weird, and they do have moments where they did step out, but they were very few and effective because they were not overly playing that i i wrote i wrote down at the end of the at the end of and as much as i hate him kevin hart was wonderful wasn't he though and and the fact the sincerity in that speech to god at the end of that episode that's where i became i was like well I would have been mad if he was mugging and 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 being Kevin Hart the whole time. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, well, he's just well, he's just playing it. OK, it's just a different interpretation. <laughs> it's like it's like, you know, oh, we got a this Friday, a new movie version of West Side Story is coming out. So they're certainly not going to be camping that up. It It is weird because I think since really and truly it's all nostalgia, that's all this is about is nostalgia. So is it, you know, well, if they do it too sincere, then it's like, well, then why do it? Why didn't they just rerun the original episodes? Right. But if they camp it up or fuck with it too much, then we're like, well, they're not honoring the, the material and they're they're shitting on my childhood kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It is a it is a weird thing. I think they got the tone right. Okay. I, I think they did in that there are the rerun shows. There are spoofs there that, you know, the, the, that's what SNL and Mad TV and all those are for. And I'm sure there's a tons more. I'm sure there's tons more on YouTube that we could pull up if you want to see a, a literal spoof of the shows. Uh, but this was nice because the, since the, the, the sincerity of the production was also showing reverence for the original material, for saying that we know only middle-aged gay guys are tuning in to watch this. So, <laughs> so it's, you know, we're, we're not going to alienate that audience. And women. I mean, women watch the facts of life. Did they? Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So do you want to start kind of going through it? Yeah. Well, the good thing is we've already done this episode, by the way, uh, the guest for uh, the podcast where I did the episode was Paul Padilla. Hi, Paul. Uh, And it was episode 49 of this pod. We are now up to episode 164. It was season three. It was a long time ago. Uh, But uh, first of all, you know, the writers, we've already dealt with that. James Burroughs directed both of the episodes. James Burroughs, of course, uh, best known for Cheers and Will and Grace. I mean, veteran god director of modern television. Uh, The show was introduced by Jimmy Kimmel and 99-year-old Norman Lear. And his fucking ponytail. (laughs) That's the next get out of my head. That's my next note. (laughs) I guess you're 100. Okay. I'm not, I don't want to dwell on it, but 
Uh, I agree with you. It's like, so you have to, you have to comb that back and fasten that back. You're 99. Don't you think your energies are better spent elsewise? Come on. So before they start, Jimmy Kimmel does say to Norman, what, you know, do you have any wisdom? What can you tell us? Have you learned in your 99 years? And he said, pretty much two words over and next. And he said, because when it is over, it's, it's just fucking over. And they had to, they didn't bleep it out. They just, the sound cut out. So clearly they had their seven second delay for live television. So, but how interesting over and next, it's like, what an inter- at that late stage of your life to have that as your philosophy, like over and next could be a younger person's philosophy because you know, there's time for there to be the next thing. I think he's saying that's what got him to a hundred. Maybe knowing that knowing like when it's over, it's over. Not, not dwelling and trying to live right. through shit that. Yeah. I, I know. I, I think it's good advice. I do. So Jimmy Kimmel does ask us to suspend our disbelief. And he says, this was originally, these were shows where there were kids acting. Well, these are people in their forties and fifties and some of them have beards. So, um, yeah, basically that was a nice way for him to kind of make sure we all are clear on the concept and uh, facts of life is first. And what were we given at the beginning of the facts of life, Matthew? Oh my God, Lisa Welch looking like it's 1983. She looks better than Jennifer fucking Aniston. Uh, Holy shit, she looks and she's dressed in her Eastland vest and skirt. And she sang the theme song. She's a singer. It was perfect to have her sing the theme song. Oh my God. I loved having her there. I love that they used her for that. And then in walks Mindy Cohn and Kim Fields come in and join her. They don't sing. They just uh, stand with her in the kitchen. And the thing that they have done in the past that they do here in both this and Different Strokes, Different Strokes theme sung by um, two of the guys from Boys to Men, including Sean Stockman. And uh, I can't remember the name of the other guy, but uh, the thing they do, which is fun, is they have backup singers show up on the set and they sing the theme song from the set as they move about the set. It's kind of like this is putting the audience in the place of the show. This is exploring the lay of the land and reminding us, oh yeah, that's right. We have the cafeteria. And then she walks through the kitchen door and then the kitchen. And then that's where uh, Mindy and Kim came in and joined Lisa while she was finishing the theme song. Oh my God. I, that made me happy at the core of my soul. It was a great, I, I was very, I was, delighted when the lights went up and they were staying in front of a machine that said pastries. Yes. I, I knew. And then when they explored the set, I did, did make me happy and did make warm my heart. Cause they did a very good job. They of, did. Of modifyingly of creating a modified set. Yeah. They took the parlor and bent it so that it became a, it was like side view. Yeah. And, and it was fine. I mean, where the coffee, you know the coffee urns were was wrong and stuff but yeah yeah but it it was it was perfect enough it it was it really was were you surprised that there was no nancy mckeon i knew she was the holdout we knew she was we knew that they wanted the the four originals we know they did and and i'm not sure that they necessarily did but the, the fact is that it's like 
girl, they weren't asking you to be Joe Polnicek. You could have walked on that set and just waved and what said nothing aversion? and cashed the check. What is the aversion? I don't get it. I do not get it. Yeah, of course, if you don't want to play the role again. These girls, you know, Lisa Welchel wearing the uniform, we know she has totally embraced her, her Blair Warner-ness. But the other two, you know, Kim and Mindy were in street clothes. They weren't wearing no Eastland uniforms. And all she had to do was, um, it's just, it's too bad. Very, very uh, too bad. But I'm glad that they didn't get those three and recast Joe, because I don't want to spend the rest of my life with a Brady Bunch variety hour fake Joe. Oh, no. Even Catherine Hahn who was, I think, amazing. Loved her. Uh, this was a great choice of episode. It had a lot of things going on for everybody. I, I really think it was a, a good choice because it was funny. It had conflict. It had room for the guest stars, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, the only thing you could say about the episode choice is not a lot for Joe to do. Joe was really kind of a sidebar um, Eve Arden character here and Tootie as well. And they even added a couple of things for Tootie, which was kind of fun just to make sure it's like, okay, Gabrielle Union's kind of fallen to the wayside. Why do we even have her here? Um, Gabrielle Union, who had the penis bowl haircut and had the braces, they put braces on her. <laughs> Unbelievable. But for those of you that don't remember, Kids Can Be Cruel is the episode where they're having the auction with the dinners that the girls pack. Blair has packed up a lunch specifically so that this uh, football lunkhead guy named Dink Lockwood, we had a long discussion about the, the word Dink and the name Dink. Um, oh, there's a good moment. At one point, uh, Mrs. Garrett walks in and he says, hi, Mrs. Garrett. And she just goes, Dink. There was a double entendre going on there where it's like she just fucking called him a dink. That was kind of awesome. And Dink is trying to buy Blair's little pink box. <laughs> like we we never. Okay. I'm um, glad I wasn't in, in in the room where that happened because yeah. I would have been like, really, we're gonna pass up this joke. We're gonna yeah. pass up this wink and a nod. <laughs> about joe not wanting any guy near her little pink box no no okay. militantly opposed yeah. wow okay. uh yeah so of the surprise guests we knew that john stewart was going to be on the show uh, in a surprise role and it was like well if they're going to do kids can be cruel likely he'd be playing rocky and he did we'll, we'll get into john stewart in in a few seconds here but were you surprised when will arnett showed up i was why? But, Why was he there? And, and he... Jason Bateman. Jason, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman looked 80 years old with that wig on. Yeah, and he looked like I a look... hobbit. And, and we're not talking, Oof. we're not talking Elijah Wood Hobbit. We're talking Ian Holm Hobbit. Oh, <laughs> uh, he looked like an old man. It looked like in season, I believe, nine, when Fabian shows up on the actual <laughs> facts of life. Playing his younger self from 30 oh, years before. God, yeah. bless his heart. Yeah. Oh, but but I how lovely. Those two? Was, it's not like Will Arnett was like an 80s TV star. But Jason Bateman was, and they played yeah. brothers on. Whatever. It was, I, I didn't, I wasn't mad at it. I wasn't mad at Will Arnett and Jason Bateman. I was mad at the wigs. The wigs, they could have done something 
to help them. But yeah, you put a young wig on a middle-aged man and Jason Bateman's my age. I don't think, I think he might even be a year or two younger and he, he looks like a leather handbag. It's no, you, yeah. that's why you never try on a wig as a man. Like, no. you, like yeah. if you're going to do a drag wig, you do not try that shit on without a face on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and make no mistake. This is not Disney. Jason Bateman could get it. Oh hmm. no, that's the thing. And that's what was so weird about the look was that like Jason Bateman doesn't you don't look at him he's like he's like fucking paul rudd he hasn't aged and then you see him with that wig on and you're like oh jason bateman uh, yeah. that was that was my first oh of the night oh like, was, yeah so those were the surprise guests and they were they were just they they did they they serviceably played their roles john stewart really turned hard into that geek skid really bad but part of it's because how how different a time we live in how how our woke culture is affecting our art they took away that they call him rocky because of having a crater face because of having acne that's what that was about yeah. and they say they call him rocky because of the headgear yeah and he, he wore headgear the entire time to the point that it was inhibiting his speech and you couldn't like it was like oh you couldn't have taken that off and, it's, and and you've ruined it by giving John Stewart a prop. Yeah. Now, now we've got to watch him. I'm sorry. I do love John Stewart. We mm-hmm. align politically. I think he's brilliant. Agreed. He's not. He's not a fucking actor. I'm sorry. Uh, there was a time he was I a mean, little bit, but he's he, out of no, practice. He, no, fuck that. He's a stand-up comedian, and I know that's that is a different level. Uh, that's a different style of acting yeah. than, than acting. Yeah. So I, I'm not taking anything away from his talent, but he's not an actor. It's like Dolly Parton. She's mm-hmm. not an actress. Yeah. J- just be Dolly. We, we like you as Dolly. True. We like you as Jon Stewart. And when he walked in and he started playing it, almost like the guy was mentally challenged and the, mm. I, I, can't, I, 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 I was I like, oh. like I was saying you just speak like this and stuff. And the minute he got a laugh with that I was like here we go yeah and it, that's going to be the sole purpose of his per, of his being on screen now so and I, the wig I, was I, doing him no favors because they gave him a very dark wig and he has a beard now it's very gray and uh like Jason Bateman he has aged I forget if I told you this uh, on his new show that's on Apple TV plus uh, it's called the problem with John Stewart and the first episode, first thing he says to the audience and looking at the camera, he says, before we begin with our first story, there is an important matter. We do need to address kind of uh, the elephant in the room. This is what I look like now. (laughs) That literally that's what he said. And he just kind of shrugged and said, I I know I, I, if I had my druthers, uh, yeah, but uh, this is uh, what I have to work with. This is it. So even he is fully aware that he looks a lot older than he did even just a decade ago. Well, I'm sure he does. But that wig again. And the gray beard, no the gray in the beard and in like a dark brown wig, like in a bowl cut. Yeah. And when he walked out, I thought, oh, my God, it's Bob Denver. Oh, Jesus Christ. No. He looked he looked that old and doddering like, mm-hmm. it, but whatever. I mean, yeah, he's John Stewart. I, I again, I would have thought it would have been a much bigger coup if it had been David Schwimmer 
I agree. I think that would have been a much, much nicer thing to do. So, but I don't understand why it was such a coup that they got Jon Stewart, that they felt like announcing that. Yeah, Yeah. that is weird. It's again, speaking of who was never a sitcom actor in the eighties, didn't even hit the scene till the nineties. And yeah, that was, that was very weird to make a special announcement about it. Like, yeah, I I felt, I feel like a special announcement would have been, Snoop Dogg is going to be in this. So let us sit there and go, how the fuck are they going to get Snoop Dogg into one of these <laughs> yes. episodes? And he was I mean, awesome. Yeah, I he fucking love really good. I love Snoopy Snoop Dogg. Yeah. So how about we go through all the actresses, give a review of all of their performances. Okay. I think what I loved about this was all of the performances worked. If I had never seen a Facts of Life episode, if I'd never seen any of the girls and their original interpretations. If I was watching this cold, to me, it all was working in harmony. The relationships were there. The interpretations were different, but appropriate and compatible with the material, with the ensemble. And uh, that's why I think I'm happy about this because watching the All in the Family, you just can't get past Woody Harrelson doing a half Carol O'Connor impression. It's, it's, that's, I never could get past that. But with this, because it was more ensemble and not, no one person had to pull the weight with the performance. uh, I genuinely loved them all. All in the family was such a, looking back, a cartoon for God's sake. Mm -hmm. So again, is he going to go out there? I mean, Gene Stapleton created that character. Is Marissa Tomei going to spend the whole time like pretending to be Edith Bunker and annoy the shit out of us? Because she's not going to. Anyway, anyway. (laughs) Yeah. No, the girls, I I think, like like I said before, the girls all understood their assignment. And I think it was the right choice for Ann Dowd to play it so sincerely because otherwise it could have it's so easy with Mrs. with Charlotte Ray to go into Paul vote. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's so true. And uh, we should have asked him if they called him. I meant to send him an email. <laughs> did they, did they even call you? Did you even get an offer to read? They have for it, it narrowed down between me and Ann Dowd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the thing is, I loved how, remember we joked about how uh, in the pilot of different strokes, how, Philip Drummond that Conrad Bain walks in and stops yes. holding for the applause, which had to be dubbed in. They were so smart. They blocked this and directed it such that every single one of them had an entrance line. You know, Blair was upstage fucking with the glasses before Jennifer Aniston got to turn around and reveal herself. So everybody got like an entrance line, even though they were already there. Yeah. And the cheers. And I was cheering right alongside him. I was right there going, yeah. Probably the one who strayed the most from the original interpretation is Jennifer Aniston, who played it very Rachel. I mean, you realize, you know, the limitations of she's not a character actress per se. And yet I think it worked. I There was nothing wrong and nothing that didn't click with the others in her doing a Rachel-esque Blair versus trying to do an impression of Lisa Welchel. What was Joe eating? Turkey jerky. 
Remember, oh. that's that's the very first line about what did you put? You think I ah, just the two, two, two things and some turkey jerky. So, yeah, Catherine Hahn leaned heavily on that turkey jerky <laughs> for all of her line deliveries. It was like I said, it was sadly a little bit of a thankless episode. The only thing I could have wanted more of is Blair and Joe interplay because Jennifer Aniston and Catherine Hahn, I'm sure would have crushed it. But uh, like I said, I can't say, well, why didn't they do XYZ episode? Really, this one, this one worked. Yeah. And yeah. So here's a, a Gabrielle Union moment when they're in the kitchen and Mrs. Garrett calls out Natalie for being so shitty to Carl in the name of retaliating against Blair. The line for Natalie is, okay, I admit it went a little far. And they added a line for Tootie where she went, a little far, girl. Yeah. Gabrielle Union was a sassy Tootie. Yeah. And with that gravelly voice of hers, I was there for it. I loved that. Did we get to finish talking about the changes to the script? The way they changed the character from being ugly to being uh, a, a metal headgear. now headgear. Yeah. yeah. No, I have nothing more to say about okay. that. Right. Do you want to say something else about no, it? No, I, I, I mean, it's just, again, I, I found myself sitting here going, woke culture, uh, we can't call somebody ugly mm-hmm. now. <laughs> yeah, or it's the idea of, you know, I'm not bald, I'm follically challenged. Well, this is, I'm complexionally challenged yeah. because I have zits. But, um, I, okay, I just want to say, uh, for the record, mm-hmm. number one, mm-hmm. John Stewart does not have great skin they wouldn't have had to put on the kid in the original episode, they put, you know, some latex on him to give him the bad skin. Uh, But so they wouldn't have had to cover Jon Stewart's face, number one. And number two, the title of the episode is Kids Can Be Cruel. Mm -hmm. At the end, he gets what he wanted. And there's that lovely moment. I do like that they um, and by the way, they drew out each episode to 45 minutes. They added a lot more commercials. But at the very end, when Blair and Rocky are eating the meal together, they do a little thing of like toasting with the croissants. And then he tries to start to eat it with the headgear. And she says, no, no, wait, let me. And she pulls off a little piece and feeds it to him through the head. It was, it was a kind of a cute, like, okay, that, that was making some lemonade out of lemons here. That, that you, was you cute. Heard, you heard what she said as she did it, right? No. Honey, she held the food in his mouth and she went, no, no, I got it. I'll be there for you. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Sign them all, sign them all. Ah. So one of the things uh, that I really did enjoy, you know, again, we are, we are actors in the theater. We are stage actors, you and me. And we love an audience. An audience makes all the difference in a performance. There is no performance if you don't have the audience. So the fact that this audience was so jazzed and so invested so that any t- you know, when John Stewart would do something pathetic, you'd hear, oh, <laughs> uh, when he actually wins the bid over Dink, the audience actually cheers that he gets to be the one to <laughs> eat with Blair that, you know, oh, it's a win for, for Rocky. Yay. 
Well, and something like that, and especially with a sitcom like that, I think the audience is one of the characters. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there was somebody holding a ah sign. Oh, maybe, that. maybe there was. Yeah, you know. So uh, I have nothing more to say about the episode of the Facts of Life. Do you? Um, no. Were you going to talk about different strokes at all, or no? Well, I, I do want to talk about it a little bit, but okay. before we go there, the show ended uh, in the in the parlor in the the lounge, and then at the end of that show, it dissolved over to the kitchen where Jimmy Kimmel was back there with uh, Lisa, Mindy, and Kim. And he did a little quick interview, which was so nice to be like, what did you, you know, he's like, what did you think? Come on, be, be brutal. Give us your ruthless review. Yeah, like they're going to say, eh, it was, eh. Right. <laughs> no, we'll let two queens with a fucking podcast do that. <laughs> Kim uh, did take a moment to, plug Adventures in Christmasing, which is her latest Hallmark made for TV Christmas Ugh. movie that she's producing. She did sneak in a little plug for that. Um, uh, but he uh, did ask them uh, what they thought. And Mindy Cohn gracefully said, I think Charlotte Ray is uh, looking down and toasting and Dowd right now, which was nice that they mentioned Charlotte Ray. Uh, then uh, Lisa Welchel, he, he asked about what was it like being back there? And Lisa Welchel said, uh, it was weird being backstage and making the entrance onto the set. That was her moment. Yeah. And then he says, Kim, you were actually on different strokes. Yeah. I'm like, I noticed that all and three I of them were down. on different strokes, dude. All three of them did guest spots. I wrote down and that is when David's head exploded. <laughs> That's where David started yelling at the screen. Yes. <laughs> but she does say, I love that they put the braces on Gabrielle and I'm glad for her that they didn't put the roller skates on her. And uh, yeah, it was lovely. So um, yeah. And then uh, you want to talk quickly about different strokes? Um, I just really enjoyed Kevin Hart more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, me too. Like you get why that was sort of their, what what they considered the centerpiece of the evening. And I thought uh, it was going to be thirty minutes of him mugging and 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 losing, um, focus. You know what I mean? Like yeah, cracking, trying to. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to hide myself from cracking up when everybody sees I'm cracking up, and it's going to make it funnier than if I really were cracking up. So, like, yeah, I was afraid it was going to be that, but yeah, there was one point they did break. It was oh no no it was Jason Bateman and Will Arnett. Um, Yeah, as them they were fucking around actually, and it looked so forced, like like. I don't know. I can't. I. I don't really. I don't really believe that it happened. Oh. I, it looked forced to me. Like interesting. Like this is the 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 audience is expecting at least one in here. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I don't know. But I've I've just figured like Will Arnett was like he's such an egomaniac. He was like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the one to to lose it because that's what's gonna get retweeted tomorrow that clip of me losing it is going to get retweeted tomorrow you think will arnett's an egomaniac a little bit do you do any, you have any anybody in hollywood is an egomaniac oh okay i thought say. you meant you had some reason to believe have you ever specific. talked to somebody who's like actually got a career in television or movies uh, i've i've known a, a drag queen or two who have uh, really big egos i hate those people they're they they can be quite a handful let me tell you 
Those, mm. them's, uh, oof, yeah. But uh, let's talk about different strokes. Why don't we? Um, some moments that I loved. Number mm-hmm. one, in the episode, Willis has a friend named Vernon and they cast Snoop Dogg, 50 year old Snoop Dogg. He's younger than I am. He looks like he's 107. He looks older than Norman Lear. <laughs> I love Snoop Dogg I so do much. Too. He's so fucking talented. It's, it's all about that voice. From the shit that that man has been through to be the genuinely nice person he is. Mm. Like, I just, he he radiates like, hey, whatever. <laughs> and I <Yeah>. love it. <laughs> I love it. And I know it's the weed, but come on. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I think that the chemistry between uh, Kevin Hart and Damon Wayans was magnificent. They were great. They were working in harmony. Uh, one great moment that Damon Wayans has when he gets mad and he runs up the stairs from the living room, he did this sort of childlike waddle run and the audience caught it and laughed. It was yeah. the camera cut away a little bit quicker than I think they should have. But he had that moment. And the, the three moments of Kevin Hart where I, I just, he, he won my heart. Number one, that he let John Lithgow pick him up and carry him from the kitchen into the living room. The fact that 79-year-old John Lithgow lifted him. <laughs> I mean, and casting an actor so tall, very smart that he towered over him. And then later in that same scene, they have to have a heart-to-heart moment and totally game. He sits down and Kevin Hart parks himself on John Lithgow's lap and just leans down on him. And your your heart just melts. He's so fucking precious here. And it it would have been ruined had he not played it so sincerely. Exactly. And lastly, at the end, Arnold and Willis fight, fight, fight. And at the end, Willis comes back and Willis goes to bed in his bed and Arnold is up in the top bunk. And the moment is good night, Arnold. Good night, Willis. We've made up. And then already a, a touching moment from the, I, I did pull up the original episode. I'm that much of a nerd. I found it on the thing and I did watch a couple minutes of it. The episode originally ended with Arnold climbing down off of the bed and then basically almost like pig piling on Willis to sleep on. Like it was one of those like, uh, he's still gonna be an annoyance. <laughs> That's kind of what the joke was. Well, in this, Kevin Hart does the most brilliant physical bit of climbing down from the bunk as a child with no sense of coordination or balance as though it is a 40 foot drop and just so fucking adorable and masterful physical work. And then he goes down and he gets into the bed with Willis but more hugs him. And it's an oh moment. It was a very sweet moment. And then they added the line. Hey, Willis, how come Vernon always smells like weed? (laughs) Did you watch the original to see if that was in the original? (laughs) It was not. He just (laughs) say I I did have to look because I was like, was there another line there? What was it? But it was like I said, it was a different moment where it was, oh, sweet that he wants to sleep with his brother. But also he's like almost on top of him where you're like, oh, dear, you know. The, the crisis averted for this week, but um, yeah, but to add that line, out, 
It was so cute. Uh, Willis does ask if he can have his own room and Mr. Drummond. Oh, and by the way, season one, they're calling him Mr. Drummond. Um, I did look at the original script at subtitleslikescripts.com. And there's a lot more Mr. D and Mrs. G in the episode. In the original, they, they do, I think once or twice say Mr. D, Mrs. G, but the rest of the time it's Mrs. Garrett, Mr. Drummond. So they kind of abbreviated that a little bit. But he says he wants his own room. And, uh, and Mr. Drummond says, well, we don't have any other bedrooms in this apartment. And what did David think, Matthew? <laughs> David thought, oh, but you do. <laughs> Where's Kimberly? Well, not where's Kimberly. Uh, you couldn't use the jacuzzi room? Uh. Hello? <laughs> Pilot, season one, episode one. You have a fucking room, a separate room just for your goddamn jacuzzi. Uh, but it was handy that there was no uh, Kimberly in this episode that they didn't have to. And that's fine. I didn't, I, I didn't think. But why didn't they pick a Kimberly episode? Um, oh, oh, and we forgot the episode. What did I say? What did I say? What did I say? What did I say? Todd Bridges would somehow likely be involved. They let him introduce the episode. They let him state the names of, you know, the, the dearly departed, listing off Conrad Bain, Charlotte Ray, Dana Plato, Gary Coleman. And, uh, but it was a lighthearted. It was really nice when he says, uh, just before he finishes, he says, um, if you see me around, stop asking me what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that was cute. It's been 43 years. He says, I don't remember, which was cute. <laughs> and they did a line too when when Willis is complaining to to the dad about, you know, where he's always in my stuff. He's in the way. And he says, I'm 13. I think the line is, I'm 13 and he's only eight. But in the script, Damon Wayans says, I'm 13. And even though he looks 45, he's just eight. <laughs> And I guess I appreciated that those winks were there, but they were few and far between. They didn't yeah. use it as a crutch. They didn't go crazy with it. Yeah. Um, that is all I've got. Uh, David. What? We cannot let this hour and a half of live television nostalgia go by without talking about, and this is, I believe, what's going to be the headline tomorrow, David. I believe this. Well, it was fine. The shows were fine. The commercials were better than the live production, David. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> God. You are so right. The first one being The Bachelor, set to Three's Company theme song. <laughs> and I thought, oh, bitch, I'm on board. Okay. This is cute if they're going to do that, which they continue to do for the rest of the night. Yeah, they Pro had these promote ABC shows that look like they were filmed in 1983. Yeah, and complete editing. with uh, Ernie Anderson, the, the, the guy that used to do the love boat. They, they used him to do yeah. the voiceover because he was the guy that always did it back then. Um, oh, my the God. Oscar Mayer Wiener commercial. Okay, this whole series of commercials that featured Alfonso Ribeiro <laughs> and or Jennifer Beals, where they were for a completely different product, but they were done in a square format. They cut off the sides of the screen. They made it look like a shitty VHS, you know, 16 millimeter print, the way you'd look like at an old fucking bounty paper towel commercial with Rosie. But the first panning across 
his legs in jeans and him whistling the Oscar Mayer Wiener theme. You don't even know who it is. And I'm sitting here going, I turned to Steve and I was like, you see what they're doing? You know what they're doing? I'm like, this is Brooke Shields and the Calvin Klein gene ads. This is how they stood. She was whistling something and it would pass. And, and it ends up, it's Carlton from Fresh Prince, man. And <laughs> the way they took two different commercials and made them one seamlessly. And that's what the rest of them were. Mm-hmm. Were, were two different commercials put together about one product. Yeah. Bob Vila showing up like a home repair fix it show. And he says, today we're fixing this hole in this wall. Let's talk to the homeowner. So how did this happen? And you see, it's a gigantic chunk of the wall missing. And as it pulls out, the gigantic Kool-Aid pitcher is standing there. And so clearly he had crashed through the wall. <laughs> and oh, David, oh. My, my favorite one. And I hope it was yours soon. I can't fucking believe it. Was for Jack in the Box, the shoulder patties commercial. <laughs> Killed me. <laughs> I hope they post them on YouTube. I'll, I'll look for them. I, I hope these do because, yeah. And the whole time, Steve is like, who is that? Who is that? I'm like, that's Jennifer fucking Beals looking amazing. <laughs> Wearing shoulder patties. <laughs> shoulder patties. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was she so... gets in the elevator guys what's that smell yeah. uh, what was what was the original commercial that that was based off of though that was like it was like a i remember a woman getting into an elevator and was like it the, like a charlie like a perfume commercial or a jean like that jean <laughs> after so bath splash Oh, God. You don't feel straight after a bath, splashing gallons of alcohol onto yeah. my body. After, after, right after you shaved your legs, you know, it's fun. <laughs> put, put some rubbing alcohol on it. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. I loved, I, I had a fantastic time with this tonight my review is i give this two very enthusiastic thumbs up uh believe me we were we were skeptical we were like what the fuck are they doing why do these at all and then why do it with an age inappropriate cast and yet it all came together and i'm sitting here going this show that i have been talking about for three years to you know tens of listeners and i think this is still a show that they think is worthy of revisiting on a a national platform like this there's still i'm not sure it's still relevant but it's still in our cultural zeitgeist i in some way one of the uh dimensions of my happy is just that i i feel in some tiny way i feel seen Well, they're not doing a live version of Manimal, for God's sake. <laughs> so, all right, sweet pea, we ready to wrap this shit up, and I can get editing and get this baby dropped. Yes, for God's sake. Please. Yeah, and uh, just to remind you, next week, season eight, episode one, first of two parts. We finally 
are done with the betwixt episodes. We are back in the shows and we were able to snag our special guest and uh, we're not going to tell you. You're still going to have to wait another week to see who it is. Uh, the Tutti Fruities know who it is. We, we did let that cat out of the bag on the Patreon. But anyway, all I can say is we are super, super excited and super stoked uh, for you to hear some of the stuff we've got in store for season eight. We had to do something. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> all right, Matthew Love. Well, it's at well right. past your bedtime. It's 1040. We've been talking for an hour now. My computer turned on this late and didn't go to a porn page and it almost shut down. No, because it, <laughs> it thought this isn't Matthew turning me, <laughs> turning me on at 10 p.m. <laughs> well, uh, good night, my darling. Good night and good morning, uh, dear listeners. And we will be back with you next week. Mwah. Mwah. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was created, produced, written, hosted, and edited by the wonderful David Almeida. Our theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Please visit facethefactspod.com for supplemental photos and videos, links to social media, and ways that you can support the show. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. This is Matthew Arder saying tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs>